Getting tired of your lunch options? Change it up with Little Caesars Hot and Ready Lunch Combo. Wowee, the winds of change. Get four slices of pepperoni deep, deep dish pizza, plus a 20-ounce drink, now for only four bucks. Goodbye. Where are you going? Little Caesars, obviously. Get the Little Caesars Lunch Combo, now just four bucks, hot and ready, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. weekdays. Available at participating locations for a limited time, plus tax. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production and may not be suitable for all audiences. Brothers and sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth Podcast. My name is Billy Dees. With me, as always, is Sugar Shane. How are you doing? Doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. And also, Jack Casey, what's up? I had a little bit too much fun last night, so... (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I'm here. Yeah, does it involve a a certain liquid of any kind, or... Yeah, Jameson. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're paying for it today, pretty much, and uh, <laughs> probably gonna go take a nap after this. And then today on the on the plus side too, I got to drive back from Elyria completely hungover and spend four hours in the hospital with the girlfriend. So she's having oh, trouble. Man. Yeah, she's having trouble breathing, and um, so she had to get like one of those uh, what do you call it uh, breathing treatments, and yeah. Um, so they're she's doing a lot better now. She got her voice back and everything. So hopefully, well, I'm glad to hear. Tomorrow. Glad to hear that. Yeah, sure. I hope she's still better. Yeah, it's been an eventful couple days. I guess so. If you're new to the podcast, we are live twice a week on a Monday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then again on Thursday, same time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth on the Spreaker service, and that app is free. And uh, just about everybody who has an iPhone has iTunes, and Apple Podcasts is the app you want to look for, and we are the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth on there. Available anytime, of course, for streaming or or what have you, so you can check us out anytime. You can also find us on Twitter at Sweet Truth Radio on Twitter. Tweet us anytime. We generally try to respond, and uh, we'd be happy to have you say hello. Uh, yeah, a lot of things going on. Uh, very interesting uh, a weekend. Um, it's very unusual. This is probably what we kind of have to address. It's the you know the big story of the weekend. 
was the mass shooting in New Zealand. Have you guys been following this at all? I've heard a little bit. I I've, I've heard the main base of it. I haven't followed the finer details of it, but yeah, I've heard the, the main base of it. Okay, and how about you, Jack? I've actually been following it pretty well, uh, except if, unless there's something that happened yesterday or today, because I haven't been around the internet. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty horrific. Um, by the way, if you're out there and uh, you see a link to the video of the guy who live streamed killing all the Muslims, uh, don't watch it. Yeah. I did. I, it made I me physically it. ill to watch. Like, I felt sick after, so, or afterwards. Yeah. So just, yeah. yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't have no, I don't want to look at it. It pretty much yeah. looks like a first-person shooter where he goes through the mosque and just wastes people. Um, yeah. Including one guy he shoots, like, up close who tried to get the gun away from him. And um, at one point, he went out to his car after running out of ammo and got another gun and went back in and shot a bunch of the bodies to make sure they were dead. Hey. And, argu- yeah, arguably the worst scene was um, the girl outside who uh, was just walking by, and he just, like, walks up and shoots her, like, point blank. It's... Yeah. It's not something I ever want to see again. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, um, New Zealand is not known for this type of violence. Now, you have to understand they have a, a much more manageable country. It's about the size of one of our average states, and it's out in the middle of the ocean. So um, they have a lot, they don't necessarily have a lot of security problems per se. Um, and violence, uh, f- by and large, is not very common to that area. And, uh, you know, this was something that he, he was able to go, go to two uh, mosques, the way I understand it, the shooter. And I, I suppose you could make the argument that the uh, police forces there, well, a lot of times who don't even carry guns, was, wasn't expecting anything like this. I mean, we're to the point now where the, the police here in this country, are when, when they hear anything about a shooter, I mean, the SWAT team is out going, on, <laughs> going out there. Um, but I, I'm not sure that um, uh, they, they were expecting anything like this or had any inclination that something like this could even happen. Well, the yeah. last mass shooting incident they had was back in, I think, 1989 or 1990, and it was only like seven dead. Yeah. yeah. What was the grand so, total on this? Last I heard was 49. Uh, yeah, 50. It's, yeah, it's about 50 now, and there could be more. There's a lot that are critically injured. Um, it, was fi- I, it was 50 now because the um, the one kid who was critically injured, I believe he was four years old, uh, passed away. Oh, night. Yeah. God. This thing is just awful. It's just absolutely awful. Um, well, we know we've talked about this, and I'm not, I don't want to get into it too far today about uh, what's happening uh, with the... Uh, this self-destructive thing where these guys go out and uh, kill as many people as they can and then usually end up going out in a blaze of glory, but he ended up uh, getting captured. I'm not sure if that was... Yeah. Um, That'd be too quick for him. Yeah, he... uh, This guy's a real uh, POS. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, I can't imagine... What would be in someone's heart to uh, kill this many innocent people? Well, he published a uh, manifesto. Yeah, I, I, read, I heard. I read the whole thing. You did? Oh, really? I well, yeah, out of morbid curiosity, you want to give us a little synopsis of it? Well, uh, he claims that he's not like a Nazi or a fascist, but he's more. He called himself, um, what was it an eco, uh, an eco fascist? In which, you know, he said that, you know, we're destroying the Earth. And uh, he's, he also believes in ethnostates, 
which you know are basically like um, whites only or Muslims only or you know everybody sticks to their own region. Oh. Okay. Um, he claimed no real political ideology, saying that he wasn't left or right, and um, also he said that he did want to survive this because uh, part of it is that he wants to be able to drain the court system as much as he can and uh, spread his message for as long as he can. So he claimed that you know he's not going to shoot any cops, he's not going to kill any LEOs uh. unless they were Muslims. Um, and then a lot of it was just a bunch of rambling, incoherent nonsense. So, and one of the biggest stated points that he made was that he wants to use this incident as a way to further divide uh, the United States over gun policy and uh, the world over, you know, uh, political or religious ideology. Uh, he's pretty much like an in real life troll. Well, so, I guess. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I got out of the 89 pages of it when uh, I was so he, reading so it when it was published. He, wow. So he thought he was doing good. Yeah, he um, he believes uh, that... Uh, he said that the Muslims um, are an invading force and that uh, millions of them constitutes an invasion into, I guess, white people's, um, white people's territory. So therefore, he, uh, and at one point in the manifesto, he claims that after... 27 years he's going to get out and be seen as a, a hero among the white people and explicitly uh, compared himself to Nelson Mandela. Oh my I mean, it's, yeah, this dude's a nutcase, man. Like, it was, it was quite the Nelson Mandela movie. wouldn't have never killed no 50 people. No. Cold no. blood yeah. violence. Ain't no way in hell you'd ever seen him in a video. First person shooter going through a crowd just shooting the hell out of people. Yeah, the weird part about it, too, is that there was a lot of uh, him quoting, like, internet memes and stuff like that throughout it. Like, there was the one copy pasta about the Marine soldier or whatever, uh, which he answered one of his, like, questions you might want to ask me things. I mean, it's the whole thing is just a bizarre read. It's, uh, it's unlike anything else I've read before. I'll tell you that. Wow. And I, I know he mentioned something about Trump, but he also criticized Trump. I, I know that he was against him on his uh, environmental policies. Did you pick up on any of that? Or Yeah, he, uh, he said that he likes Trump as a divisive white supremacist figure, but as a, um, as a policymaker and a, and a leader in general, he said, oh, God, no. Like, those are the exact quotes, oh, wow. which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know... I, I do agree that the left is, you know, using uh, the mentions that he got as, as 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 a way to associate him with this type of thing, associate Trump with this type of hatred. But this guy is just off the rails, and I'm not a Trump fan, but I, I don't like at any time somebody that's this far out of, uh, you know, far out of this world gets assigned to anybody. Well, I didn't like. Other... I, I don't like when it was done to to Obama or Hillary Clinton or any of those people either. Another interesting thing that's going on is right before he went to go start shooting people, he uh, said subscribe to PewDiePie, and PewDiePie is a is the world's most uh, prolific YouTuber, and so and he's been under fire for supposedly being racist, or and really honestly, he just kind of has like an edgy sense of humor. You know, he's from Sweden, um, okay. So he said to subscribe to PewDiePie, and yeah, the leftist press immediately jumped on that, saying, "Oh, see, PewDiePie is inspiring all these shootings when." I mean, yeah. the guy didn't know him. The guy didn't call him on the phone and tell him to go execute a bunch of Muslims. I mean, it's just, it's beyond ridiculous. Yeah. So he's yeah. being forced to apologize right now for that'd something be, that, that would be he has like, nothing to do with. That would be like me when I die in breath going, hey, don't forget, watch The Sopranos. And then you go and watch The Sopranos and say The Sopranos is what made me kill people. 
I bet it's not even different. Yeah. And that's like blaming Hot Pockets for your car breaking down. Right, you know, it's, right. There's yeah. nothing. It's it's really kind of gross to watch. Because, you know, he's been such a target lately that they just jumped the gun on this tragedy where, you know, keep in mind, 50 people, including women and children, are dead. And, oh, we're going to blame this YouTuber who might have well, said well, something edgy back in the day. It's, well, you know, in fact, when you do that, when you do that, you're giving him exactly what he wants. Yeah, he's getting a voice because a lot of people are going to go and listen to that YouTuber. Well, he, wants, he, he flat out said he wants the division. Yeah. He flat out so, said that he was trolling everybody, wanting yeah, so, to be in his yeah. throats. Yeah, so when we have all these people come out from the right or the left demanding apologies for any type of association that this guy, you know, somehow connected in, in his twisted world, um, you're giving him exactly what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, the thing. It's yeah. like we've lost the ability to admit that maybe some people out there are unstable pieces of uh, human garbage who, you know, should have been stopped. But uh, it also, interestingly, he was not on any like um, radars for law enforcement, and he bought his guns yeah. legal. Yeah, he, he 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 didn't have a criminal record the way I understand it. So, uh, uh, yeah, this uh, that's interesting. And, and and quite frankly, I did not know that there was that gun ownership was as high as it is in New Zealand. Um, that surprised me. Maybe they do a lot but of hunting. I, I don't know. But, well, hunting uh, and uh, sport shooting are big out there. Yeah. Okay. As far as I know. Okay, that's interesting. Well, anyway, uh, here again, uh, it seems like this, uh, you know, they have the stabbings in, in London, and it just seems like this, uh, and, and cut, they're from people from all walks of life. You know, there's all kinds of people with twisted ideologies that are doing this now, and it's it's just a a tragic phenomenon. I'll just leave it there. Now, I titled the show because uh, this kind of leads leads me into my next topic because you know it's interesting to me how uh, notorious individuals somehow uh, grab the collective consciousness of society. And a perfect example of that is Jack the Ripper. Okay, it, it, it's amazing to me that I don't know how many generations back that goes. But, you know, that's something that is well over a, almost a century and a half, 130 whatever years. Yeah. And um, 150 maybe, I don't know. Uh, and It was in the 1880s, I believe. Yes, it was 1888. Yeah. So how, you can do the math, whatever that is. It'd be approximately nine generations if you go by 20-year increments like most people do. Okay, so what what we have here, uh, it's interesting, some forensic scientists, there was a, uh, a piece of evidence, some blood-stained cloth that also had other uh, human bodily fluids on it. And uh, I, I didn't even know that this piece of evidence was preserved for that long from that period of time but apparently it was and uh, they tested it and they came to the conclusion there, there's a number of suspects that were by historians that have always been you know high up on their list in terms of possibilities of who could have been Jack the Ripper right and what they did was they they took this DNA and they matched it against the known descendants of these individuals cool. and yeah, and they, they came back with one uh, in particular um, being a, a very high possibility of, of being Jack the Ripper. Now, this was from a mitochondrial DNA, and uh, there's some other scientists saying that 
the kind of sample that they have could fit any number of people, but their 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 answer to that is, well, out of these three or whatever it was, this is the one that's the best match. So I, I don't know that it's conclusive, but my whole my whole point in bringing this up is you know, here again, this is well over a century ago, how nine generations ago. And it, it is st- there's hardly a person that you will ever talk to that has not heard the term Jack the Ripper. And it, it's it's just a it's a fascinating thing to me that these types of individuals um, grab a hold of our consciousness. Um, I, I don't know what's so fascinating about them. I, of all the people that <clears throat> excuse me, of all the people that you talk to about Jack the Ripper, they probably it's probably going to be near a hundred percent people have heard of him. But oh, I doubt yeah. that I doubt that hardly any of them could mention the name of one of his victims. And that's the uh, that's the real tragedy in this. It, it seems like these things um, are glorified. Do you guys have any comments on that? I'll start with you on this, uh, Shane. Yes, I, uh, I agree with you that sometimes it does appear to be glorified. Um, in the movies today, especially, it's like uh, yeah, this this gotten unreal. Um, I don't want to say that. Then and yet, though, I don't want to blame the movies for turning somebody into doing something. Right. Because, because to me, you're responsible for your own actions. Oh, yeah. I, I can watch anything. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just making that point. That, yeah, but yeah, they do seem to glorify. I mean, you look at the gangster movies. Well, you know, some, doing some of the... Some of the movies about Jack the Ripper have have almost walked a line of almost romanticizing him. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, uh, I I just find it that you know it's <laughs> you know heroes aren't aren't necessarily remembered in the same way that uh, these types of fiends are, are are remembered for whatever reason. Um, and I, I can understand the, the fascination with crime. The, the crime categories, for example, on podcast is enormous. Well, yeah, I'm interested. Um, I'm, I've listened to a lot of those, but mine is just to listen to what the person did, how the case developed, and how they got caught. That's a lot of yeah, stuff I, 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 Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I understand the people who, from let's say from the forensics of it or from the law enforcement uh, part of it, people who have aspirations to be detectives and all that. I, I understand the challenge of it. Of, of stopping these individuals, that part I understand. Right. But but I I, I don't under you know some of the most the Night Stalker for example, um, he, he was a guy who got love letters. Yeah. You know he he was almost presented as a uh, a pop star during that trial. Um, and I, I that's just something that I found that, that's very bizarre. Um, yeah, that's what, yeah. You shouldn't. Wait, we walk a fine line today, though, man. This is the reason why we have people going in and shooting folks the way you see people shooting. We walk a fine line today with people that don't know what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. They can't tell yeah. the difference. Yeah. And here again, I'm not necessarily blaming the arts for that. I, 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 I'm saying society is uh, responds to that. They, right. They're the and whether it's in the news or what have you. 
um, you know, somebody finds a cure for some disease and it's boring, but, you know, he goes out and kills a bunch of people. Uh, and uh, he, he's on the, everybody knows his name and it's all we're talking about for weeks on end. Right. So I, that's just something that, uh, that, that, that struck me. Do you have any comments on that, uh, Jack, before we move on to the next thing? Well, to be fair, uh, Jack the Ripper, who is in no relation to me, um, <laughs> is kind of an exceptional individual. As in, he's, he's, he's an exceptional individual, as in he's kind of the exception to normal. Whereas, I mean, how many people go out and randomly butcher, you know, what is it, ten women that he killed, something like that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a lot, but I'm not sure, yeah. So I think that the person doing the act, whether they're a folk hero or a folk anti-hero in his case, is going to be remembered more than the ten ordinary people that he ended up slaughtering. And that's very true in uh, cases up to, you know, modern history. Like, I can name the two Columbine killers, but I can't name one of their victims, and that's only, what, uh, 20, or, yeah, 20 years ago? Yeah, you can say the same about Ted Bundy or any of them. We know their names, but we don't know their victims. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I, I think it's just, it's it's more human nature to remember the actor rather than his audience. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I it's just something that bugs me. Um, that's all. I, and uh, well, like I let's said, put it I, this I, way: if there's like a known killer in town, I mean, are people going to tell their kids, or are they going to tell their peers, like, watch out for that guy? Or are they going right. to say, watch out for that guy that he robbed? Yeah, but it, it, uh, after the fact. Uh, yeah, it just seems like during the trial and everything that, that gets protracted with these things. Yeah, getting love letters, that's a little much. And the, <laughs> yeah, they, beca- they, they become cult figures. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's all I'm saying about that. I just, uh, and it seems like it, that's always been the case. We've always had a fa- fascination with, you know, Dracula and all that kind of those types of individuals. A lot of those stories were inspired by real, you know, real people. But um, uh, by the same token, I, 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 I think that there is a fascination with destruction now. There is a fascination with not only self destruction, but a, a fascination with uh, death, a uh, fascination with violence that I don't know. I don't recall it being uh, romanticized as much as it is today from, let's say, when I was growing up. I I don't ever recall these types of killers, um, I don't want to say being being turned into pop stars, but that's almost what's happening. So anyhow, that's, that's just my opinion, and it's just an observation, and I'm not saying it applies in every case. But it, it just seems like the old adage: it, it bleed, it, 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 if it bleeds, it leads. That has become the norm. The only, the only news that we get now is is the news that bleeds. It's not just what leads anymore. And well, if you think it, about it, the very first cave paintings we ever found were either tribes at war with each other or tribes taking down an animal. I mean, that's kind of oh yeah, in and of itself. Yeah, sure. I mean, and that's something that we could talk about too. That's a whole another philosophical conversation but when we talk about early man let's say 100 150,000 years ago when he was starting to become the, the 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 recognizable human that we know today 
and he was starting to do things like uh, u- utilize tools and everything. I'm going to use the word tools in quotation marks because what's that's code for is, is weapons, <laughs> you know? Yeah. One, one, one of the uh, first things we started doing when we started getting smart and started advancing is uh, we started to come up with new and creative ways to bash in each other's heads. So that's just, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe something that's that's a very sad commentary on humanity. I don't know. Um, but anyway um, speaking of a sad commentary we had one from Megan McCain today I don't know if you followed this or not but apparently for some reason I have no idea why he would do this but over the weekend Donald Trump started tweeting about uh, John McCain yeah I heard a little bit about this yeah he's been dead for six months now or whatever it has been and uh Apparently, there were some bits of information about that dossier that you hear so much about. And uh, apparently, his office was involved in investigating that. And, um, you know, then there was the thumbs down on repealing the Obamacare that he gave, which at the time, I got to say, was the right thing to do. Yeah. Okay, because uh, there was nothing to replace it. So, um, uh, nothing viable to replace it anyway. And I'm not necessarily saying that Obamacare was, was the best thing ever. It had a lot of flaws. But you just can't go tearing things up and uh, and, and uh, not deal with the consequences. So anyway, um, I, I guess Donald Trump started tweeting about this over the weekend. And he uh, did a couple of tweets about John McCain and uh, you know his, his usual kind of stuff that he said. And uh, uh, Meghan McCain uh, called his 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 obsession with great men uh, sitting around and just tweeting about them on the weekend is an indication that he will never be a great man. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's basically what she said. Yeah. And it, it's more it's more of a reflection of his pathetic life. Yeah, that's pretty much what she said. Yeah. So uh, I'll start with uh, Jack on this, because I know that politically you may not have been aligned with John McCain. I think we both can agree he was a good man. Oh, yeah. No, uh, obviously, I, I hold a lot of respect for him, even though I didn't re- agree with him on many things right. during his life. Yeah. Um, and he seemed to, he's one of those few who really seemed to care about yeah. his constituents in his country. And, you know, he had his own interpretation of doing the right thing, as we all do. Right, sure. But he also followed it. Um, I always found it sad, too, because I had a lot more respect for him before he ended up running with Palin, who I'm not going to get into a rant on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it seems, you know, I'm not really one of those who says, hey, don't, you know, disrespect the dead. But um, he's like, there's plenty of horrible people out there who have died and, you know, whatever, they're, they're awful. Why do we need to sugarcoat everything? Yeah, but as far as slandering someone who went out of his way to do what he thought was the right thing after he's died, and you know, reminding his or reopening wounds of his family, I mean, that's kind of despicable. Yeah, you know, what's wrong with you, dude? Yeah. There's like a million other things going on right now, and that's what you tweeted about, really, dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one. It's one thing if you would uh, criticize John McCain in some historical context about uh, some bill or something that he was involved in, but this was a, a personal attack on someone who couldn't even defend himself anymore. You know, and for what reason? Yeah, he called him last in his class, John McCain. Yeah, I mean, dude, really. 
Well, they found that. Well, they found out all that crap he was talking about. How he was a uh, great student. He graduated at the top of his class, and yada 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 yada. They found out that was a bunch of bull crap. That one of the schools he said he graduated at the very top of. They looked at the list of the top four hundred graduates of the year he graduated. He wasn't even in that list. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, I just find it very odd. I, I don't really like the term draft dodger. I, I, I feel that it's a, it's a pejorative term that may not apply to everybody that, let's say, for some legitimate reason, did not want to serve. But nonetheless, when you are born into privilege, and which he certainly was, and uh, you know, you sidestep the draft in 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 such a way, okay, that's that's fine i guess i don't know about fine but you know what i mean it is what it is but then with that background to turn around and criticize somebody who not only fought for his country but was imprisoned and tortured and let Uh, everybody else go before he was let go while he he was alive he said senator mccain he's talking about senator mccain he said when he was locked up it wasn't all that bad or some kind of stupid comment like that and i'm like no he said that he prefers soldiers who don't get captured. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, Megan McCain's actual tweet is a pretty good burn, if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Go right I have ahead. it up in front of me. Um, no one will ever love you the way they love my father. I wish I could have given more Saturdays with him. Maybe spend yours with your family instead of on Twitter obsessing over mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, he, he doesn't let stuff go. Like even after they're dead and buried and cold in the ground, he, he can't well, yeah, let go. Yeah, he, he feels little, like, like he was. Yeah, he was wrong. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was. You know, it was somebody who uh, inflicted harm on his ego, inflicted harm on his agenda, and uh, you know that makes them fair game always. And yeah. uh, I, 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 what's amazing about Trump is, and I say amazing in a odd fascination kind of way right. is that he has done things that normally for any other president would have been the end of their political support. Oh, can you imagine Obama even doing like one one thousandth of a percent of oh, the things no. he's done? No. I mean, the man couldn't even wear a brown suit or put like Gray Poupon in his sandwich without everybody, you know, screaming at him. I totally agree. I mean, I imagine to- him calling a Gold Star War hero a failure or whatever he called that one Muslim uh, yeah. soldier right to his fa- or his parents' face. I mean, yeah. It's just—it's astonishing. It blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, he does stuff that if I did it, and I'm an unknown nobody, like if I did it, I would be ostracized from my friend and family groups. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, you could go on and on about the things that Obama was cr- uh, criticized for. Uh, most of which was very, very, very unfair. Like, remember and, that one time he got arugula on his burger, and Fox News like creamed their cheeks uh, yeah. for a week over it. Like, oh uh, like, yeah. And 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 you can imagine if 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 President Obama would have criticized a war hero like John McCain, said he wasn't a hero because he got captured. Can you imagine what would have happened? Obama would never uh, be stupid enough to say something like that. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, but that's beside the point. Oh, I, the point get, what is, oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, what would, yeah, they would have. Yeah, and, and you know what? Quite frankly, even George Bush did not get away with too much. They were uh, constantly picking apart his words yeah. and his syllables and and everything else. 
Um, and everybody mispronounces something once in a while or has a certain uh, uh, a certain way of speaking where certain uh, you know parts of words get rounded off a certain way. And um, that, that's uh, the, I don't ever remember a president being able to get away with this kind of stuff. Clinton couldn't have done it. Uh, uh, it's just <clears throat> oh hell no. Uh, I, don't know. I it, think maybe the last president to get away with this kind of stuff was Andrew Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about it, I mean, dude kept a bear in the White House lawn. Like one time, a guy tried to shoot him, and he beat him to death with his cane. Yeah, he was hardcore. I mean, he did a lot of horrible things to the Indians and everything. But um, oh, yeah, the Trail of Tears was something that was totally unnecessary. Oh, yep. I've read the stories on that, and it's just brutal. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. I mean, he's. I, I, like I said, it, it just it, it, he still gets the support, and I have friends who are Trump supporters, and I don't care what he says, I don't care sure. how off the wall it is, they'll defend him on it. Yeah. I and I here again. I I consider myself a pretty objective person. Now, when I say I, su- I support a president, it's only in relation to a given issue. You know, if um, uh, a given issue is, uh, if a president suggests a given issue and I support it, okay, all right, well, I guess I'm supporting the president on that. Uh, but if, if he comes out with an issue I don't like, okay, well, then I'm not going to support it. It's, it is, really doesn't matter who the president is. I don't necessarily support that person, uh, but I, I support or don't like certain things that they propose right. in their political in their you know political workings and uh, we don't have that anymore we have this thing where we hate somebody no matter what they do if they walk on water and cure lepers if they're if they don't have our political ideology ideology we hate them and uh, if we love them we love them no matter what they do just like uh, President Trump said when he was campaigning I could go out and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any supporters and he's right um, and, and I feel that no matter what side of the political aisle you are on, that is a bad way to go about things. Yeah. It really is, is a strange cult of personality, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it is. And here again, we talk about, you know, were, were things always that way? I, I can tell you back in the, when I was in grade school, when I was very young back in the 70s, I was probably more politically aware than a lot of my classmates were. I don't know why, but maybe it's because I had older parents and they always, when I got home and we watched, had dinner and we watched the news or whatever, and I always had an awareness of what was going on. And yeah. uh, uh, I, 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 I don't remember people just flat out supporting somebody the way that they do now based on whether they like them or not. And be damned if they do something awful. I, I, there's, I still love them. They're still my man. I don't remember that. I mean, there were people that, you know, the Democrats, you know, the, when I was in grade school that supported Jimmy Carter. And there were people that were Republicans that didn't like him. But when, when given certain issues came up with the hostage crisis and what to do about it and, and all of these other things that were going on in, in my uh, later days of grade school there, um, there wasn't the these... Jimmy Carter can do no wrong, people, and there were these other people that just hated him no matter what. Those people w- were not part of the mainstream, like like they are now. It's I I, I don't know what happened. What we often refer to as as the collective wisdom of society. I don't know what happened to it. 
I think we made the internet too access or too uh, uh, accessible. That may be honestly. part. Of it. That may be I part. Mean, when any like racist idiot can have his own platform, just you know, re out into the the noise that is the internet and be able to gain followers and people who think like him. I mean, it really helped to accelerate people making their own bubbles. I mean, yeah. Back in the day, people got their news from just like one newspaper or from you know one or two channels on television. Yeah. And now that you know any idiot can make a blog and start posting you know whatever I, I hateful take, rhetoric I, they want. I take a fist of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a smart idiot, Shane. Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right, uh, Jack. You're absolutely right because it's a double-edged sword. I mean, the nice thing about the Internet is that everybody has access to it. The bad thing about the Internet is that everybody has access to it. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I don't know. I We're at the point now where I'm starting to think maybe you should have to take a test before you're allowed on the Internet, but, you know, yeah. that's, that's just me. I, I do feel that it's a, uh, a a vehicle for free speech, to be sure, but and I wouldn't want to get in the... I wouldn't want to go down the road of trying to say who can speak and who can't. Oh, me neither. Absolutely. Yeah. I was kind of uh, being facetious. I am a free speech or speech yeah. absolutist. I think you should be able to say whatever you want. Oh yeah, but but I do I do find it curious that uh, the original hopes and the especially with social media that's probably what exacerbated everything more so than the blogging and everything else was the social media the instant reactions that you can get. Um, and uh, the original hope for that was that, you know, away from the mainstream media, people could share ideas, they could share news events, and, and it, would, it would become diverse. That was the original intent, or the original hope, I guess. But what happened was just the opposite. Everybody went into their bubbles, and we only follow people that we like. And if somebody says something that we disagree with, we block them. Um, so in, in actuality, what, what has happened is that we've become even more isolated with with our different ideologies, you know, and we've become very cult-like. Um, and I, I'm not sure what can be done about it, but uh, uh, I do feel that it's uh, it, it's a very scary dynamic to what's going on. Well, we kind of let Pandora out of the box on that one. Yeah, I mean, we it's did. not going back in. Um, I just I don't have a solution either. Um, but as I said, I do believe in absolute free speech. It's just, it's how do you get people to come out of their bubbles, or how do you get people to listen exactly. to each other without screaming? Yeah. yeah. Now that this has happened, we got to come up with another innovative way to uh, change that. I guess. Um, I'll end with this one last uh, story because we did talk about it on our last podcast. Was the situation with those seven thirty seven uh, airplanes? Oh yeah. And um, right now, the the information coming in is still very preliminary. Uh, the, the planes are grounded now in the United States. Uh, actually, the, the 737 Max jets are the ones that are that are at issue. The uh, the new ones. And here again, this this overall design has been around for a long time. I've flown on them many times. They are a a workhorse of the aviation industry. Um, but uh, apparently, in some of the uh, final diagnostics of the black box that was last retrieved in the most recent crash, they have determined now that, preliminarily speaking, um, that there are uh, a lot of similarities between the Ethiopian and the Indonesian crash. A lot of similarities oh. in the final moments. 
And uh, one of those similarities is this up and down with the nose, which appears to indicate that the pilots were fighting with the automatic systems. Hmm. And um, anti-stall measures, I'm not an aviation uh, expert, but anti-stall measures, generally speaking, from what I understand, put the nose down so that you increase your speed. And when you're going into uh, like a stall, you, you... point your nose down and you let gravity force air through the jets okay and apparently what was happening was the plane was reading and this is all more or less speculation but from what I've been able to gather about some of the people who've been talking about this in that both of these instances the the, the onboard systems were were seeming to uh, uh, try to stop the plane from stalling but it wasn't stalling okay and they actually needed to climb, and the oh, the uh, systems would not let the plane climb. So there's this debate now. Um, how how did the in the first crash in particular? There, a lot of blame was put on the fact that training wasn't done right to be able to see that the system wasn't responding correctly to what was going on, and there was, should have been a way to override it. And I found out uh, on, on the news today that uh, do, do you know what the response was to that? Do, 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 do you know what the uh, the cure was for that? They actually sent out <coughs> a ten minute training video for iPads. <laughs> oh my god! That was the response that they came up with for the pilots. Wow. Um. So, good God Almighty! You're a pilot, dude, in charge of hundreds of lives. You should have been sent to some kind of seminar. Or yeah, something. a, a, a lot of the a lot of the people in the in the pilots' associations are saying that they needed uh, uh, simulator time with this. Oh yeah, no, no question. Yeah. Are you really going to remember all ten minutes of that video when you're panicking because your plane's about to explode? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um. Wow, so, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, you can check that out. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people are criticizing that. And uh, there's a lot of self-regulation um, in terms of the FAA that has come to light uh, with, with some of the bigger manufacturers like Boeing. And the inclination is when they section off certain uh, parts of the Boeing company to test its own plane, a lot of people say, well, that's, you know, you're, that's asking for trouble because you have the manufacturer who's basically giving a pass on its own product. But it's a little bit more complicated than that, and I'll tell you why. A lot of, lot of these control systems and a lot of these things in these planes are very complex. So you have to have people involved in the testing, okay, uh, that uh, can make their systems react and respond in, a different, in different ways and in different scenarios. So I understand both sides of this argument, um, but it was enough that uh, Canada, when they were finding out some of this stuff, that they grounded the, the fleet, and they don't care when the FAA approves it. They're going to test it themselves. Yeah, they're smart about that stuff. Yeah, yeah so um, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the uh, where the truth is on this. Uh, I can tell you that in the past, flaws in airplanes have been hidden. And... Uh, with this plane, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like this is one of these. I, I sometimes wonder if some of these automatic systems don't do more harm than good. 
Um, but that's where it is with that. Oh, so, you have fail-safe after fail-safe for your systems, then eventually you're going to run out of fail-safes. Yeah. And that's just how it is. It's kind of like when they uh, program and release a video game. That, yeah, they went through and they did quality assurance for six months and tried to stamp out every bug, and of course more bugs are found. I mean, yeah. With software, that's just how it is. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's where we're at with today's program. Uh, I do want to say, of course, the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth will be back on Thursday night, and that will be at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Shane will have the controls on that one. In the meantime, Shane's crew is on tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Do you have a preview of that show, Shane? Uh, No, just the same old thing, usual. And uh, just us being, uh, just a, I like to think of it as just four guys sitting around shooting the bull, and y'all getting to sit down and listen to it. Okay. And, and what's the again? What's the name of that one? Sugar and Company. And you say that is now on iTunes, correct? Y- yes. Yes, we are on okay. iTunes now. All right. Very good, uh, Jack. You got any closing projects or anything you want to say in closing? Uh, I've got nothing really going on right now, so um, no, not really. I, All right. Well, that's fair enough. want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast tonight, as always. And uh, join us again Thursday night. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Peace out. There's a difference between do-it-yourself and do-it-for-a-living. At The Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.